Hey, yo, what's good, bro? What's going on, brother? It ain't nothing. Just going to roll it from the top, you know? I feel you. Word, word. Greetings. This is Bashiri. I'd like to welcome you to the Love, Peace, and Confrontation podcast. Here we are in our 22nd episode of the Love, Peace, and Confrontation podcast. Of course, I greet you in love, peace, and confrontation. And as per usual, black man, I love you. Black woman, I love you. Black babies, I love you. What will we tell our sons? Let's get out here and be the light. Let's understand that we are the solution. Uh, moreover, we are the answer to the prayers that we are praying. And ultimately, we are the gods that we seek. All religions be damned. If it does not serve you, you should not serve it. Let's go ahead and fully exhaust or take advantage of the inexhaustible energetic ingenuity that is part and parcel to the melanated mind and overall black experience. Black man, what up? Black woman, what up? Black babies, what's good? <laughs> Hell of an intro. Yo, I got my man back on with me for the uh, 22nd installation of the Love, Peace, and Confrontation podcast. And this, uh, I do believe, is the fifth installation on a series that's having to do with the politics of religion. And the last conversation we got into, there were so many rabbit holes to explore. I had to bring them back on the platform to kind of <laughs> tie up some loose ends if we can, man. What's good, brother? What's going on, brother? What's going on? It ain't nothing, man. Cool. Um, I think the last space we left off while we were kind of just set in the context, you know, in terms of uh, the landscape of human development in general um, with uh, the contrasting specifications of uh, the Black experience, the Black religious experience in particular uh, under the auspices of white supremacy, racism, uh, white hegemony, and et cetera, um, and how that pertains to the socialization and manifestation of what we termed as the survival self. And we left off with the impact that gospel music might have in the shaping of the contours of the consciousness of the Black psyche and the inner workings therein. And so I wanted to get kind of get into your take on the role, number one, that music plays in indoctrination, um, that music plays in the cultivation and the development of sense of self um, with respect to your role in the community, right? As a black man, black woman, black child. And we could just start there because it's, <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, there's so many ways to go. So I guess just to kind of kick things off, what's your experience with gospel music? Well, I would say that uh, gospel music, well, before I even go to gospel, just music in general. Right, bro. Uh, music in general has always been like a, a, a teaching tool or a, a conduit for messages to go across. So if, if we just take it back to the standpoint of, all right, so if you you with your young lady and you're trying to um, set a mood. So you would get a specific type of music that would enhance that mood. It would 
put you in a in a place that you wasn't before. So if you needed to feel romantic, you know, that music would fuel you to do said things. Now, we're, we're just talking about from the standpoint of uh, getting you in the mood, not necessarily telling you exactly what to do, but just changing your feelings. So <laughs> just the fact that a music could literally go from I can be from happy to horny to upset just by the vibrations of the music that speaks volumes right there because that's that's it's almost like a drug it's <laughs> it's 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 life and mood altering like how can i go from just being happy to sad or from sad to, to anxious just because a few chords are played and if you're a person like me who likes words if you, you get to the point of hearing the words it can literally alter your state so for the most part uh, music is literally a drug. It's literally a psychotic. It, it literally can change and like the, the vibrations that you're feeling. So yeah. Okay, so you, you're getting at a lot of different things um, at one time, which has been typical with you, brother. Like you know, you you definitely reverberating on several frequencies, and and all puns intended. Since we're talking about music and frequency and rhythm and tonality and the um, powerful ways that they impact human consciousness. So we're talking about something that's deeply spiritual, something that's fundamental, something that's um, rudimentary, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To um, human being. There was a movie that comes to mind, um, Dang, and the title just escapes me right about now. But Samuel L. Jackson was in it. And um, at the climax of the movie, he had this ingenious plan because he was the villain that he was going to use frequencies um, through technology um, mediated through cell phones because everybody has their cell phone, you know, in this era. And he's like, so I'm going to use a frequency that's going to elicit a violent response in mm -hmm. the community because <laughs> he's trying to get people to have this chaotic response so that now as a result of having this chaotic experience, um, there could be certain facets of governing bodies who will come in, squelch a rebellion or what have you, um, and then set a new regime per policy about how people would behave and how people would relate. Right. And this was all through music. Um, and when we're talking about the politics of religion and we're talking about the black experience, the black spiritual experience within the confines and the context of oppression. Right. And how <sighs> even the ways in which we've been trying to cope, because we're still talking about coping mechanisms, as we were talking about in the last episode and music and expression and um, artistic sorts of um, communicating, right? Um, fair in that, in that context and in that uh, very specific interplay, right? Between, again, I'm dominated. Um, I'm decimated to a certain degree, but how do I navigate well? How do I have joy? You know what I'm saying? And joy is joy is like I'm thinking of Ty Tribute now. And you know, not just Ty Tribute, yeah, but anybody. you know, even John, even John Key, you know what I mean? It's, it's like there's something about 
um, black people's value ethic that says, in spite of it all, <laughs> oh, I still have joy. Oh, <laughs> it's just man. Like, I, like I, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, man. Like, there's that. Um, it's almost a psychotic optimism. <laughs> I like the wording <laughs> that we want to maintain, um, so that we can endure and another another concept that is rife in the black religious experience and community this this idea of enduring rather than overthrowing like talk to me about it <laughs> so I, I i don't know whenever whenever i think about those uh those ideas or that those ideologies of enduring or after all i've been through it just it completely just comes back to the to the um the notion that um we don't want to do the work. So it's easier to just, you know, just go with the fact that, oh, this is how things are supposed to be. So we wear it as a, a badge of pride or a badge of honor that I was able to endure. When it, when it appears to be all the successful people in, in the grand scheme of what we consider success, like financial, whatever, they're not endurers. <laughs> the, the, mm. the losers or the people on the bottom part are normally the endurers. So it's just like we're fixated on the wrong um, focal piece. There's something's wrong with the fact of us enduring and us praising, us actually believing that if we endure, that makes us stronger. But I've never seen endurance from our people produce dominance. So it's just mm. like, what are we enduring to do to keep suffering? <laughs> And okay, and this music, this this gospel music, a lot of times perpetuates that. So it it basically says, "Weeping may endure for the night." You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. joy, but no joy does not come in the morning if you're not working and doing the work for joy. So I think we have we we're, we're leaving words out of this stuff. So like I don't want to add words to you know people's holy scripture, but it should be weeping may working while you endure. Mm. And when you work, hopefully you'll get to the point where joy can come. But just enduring is not gonna do anything but just give you more strength to endure more. And that's not gonna, you know, produce anything. Yeah, you you're just passing time. Yeah. Um Two things hit my mind because uh, again, I'm I'm always having several conversations that have to do with politics and religion because I like those kinds of cultural clashes, um, and I think they're beneficial. You know what I'm saying? I think there's some um, there may be a, a constructive or fruitful uh, outcome from these different ways that we clash and we have conflict. I'm always looking for it, and um, just to hear you speak about the idea of having to endure, right? Um, other scriptures that come to mind, and, and endure hardness as a good soldier. <laughs> and so for our group, man, we, we become fixated upon just staying and surviving, yeah. right? And like you said, it never parlays into thriving. It never parlays into dominance. The, the value ethic is I survived it. <laughs> yeah. We made it. We survived. Like, 
these are the things we get happy. Yeah, about. I mean, you know, what think, I'm think about it like this. Think, think about think yeah. about it from the standpoint of as as black youth, when we're told by our parents when we're growing up, what do they tell us to do? Go try to get a city state job, do 20, 30 years, get out pension. It is the safest route that we're taught. We're not taught to reach for anything. We're taught to fit in. If you get if you get yourself a post office, city state job, do a quick 25. They always say keep your head down, go mm. forward. In 25 years, you out. They, they and they always preface it with this: you ain't gonna be rich, but you'll be good. <laughs> this is what this is what I was told. Yo, again, we, we still gotta get at the substratum of what a lot of these ideologies are grounded upon. Absolutely. And they're grounded upon a certain perception of yourself as a group that uh, perpetuates the status quo of the pecking Mm. order that exists in a hierarchical fashion. Again, with these power differentials that are commensurate with your environmental circumstances as a dominated group. That never goes away. That's always in the background, lurking in whatever manifestation of escape that we creatively uh, develop. And now see, DMX just passed, Mm -hmm. right? We got to touch on this a little bit. Um, and, And DMX was... He was super religious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, while he's talking about, <laughs> you think it's a game? You think I'm playing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you sitting in the junkyard decaying, right? But at the same time, he's got prayers on these yeah. albums. You know what I'm saying? And I look at DMX, and he, he kind of, for me, in a kind of a way, epitomizes the tension that we have as a victimized people trying to make sense of suffering um, and trying to use our position as victims as a pedagogy for the cultivation of power. And the only way we can cultivate power is if we, if we identify with our being pathologized to make it profitable. Uh, we want to use our pathology as a platform. And he struggled with uh, addiction. Um, from my understanding, he, he came from abusive situations. Yeah. Um, he was manipulated very young, even into getting put onto the habit that he had, a broken home family situation. And, and and to me, again, these are all manifestations that are derivative from political circumstances and economic realities that create these deprivations. I mean, in kind of a reverberating fashion, because I think what's hurting a lot of people hurt with DMX because they can't they know the seedbed of them demons he was yep. dealing with. You know what I'm saying? And that, it fits right into, again, our discussion about the politics of, of religion 
Um, I don't know if you've seen that Instagram post where he's like breaking down Ecclesiastes. Yeah, yeah I saw it. Yo, what's your take on that, bro? <sighs> you know, um, I'm always gonna go back, especially like when when I see DMX in 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 general. I'm always going to revisit the statement of not doing the work. And the reason why I say that is whenever I saw X, not just specifically about that, that particular take, but every, every take I ever saw him talk about the Bible and talk about God, it was always coming from a standpoint of reliance and almost it is what it is. I never really saw, you know, personal responsibility, like enter the conversation. It was always like, I know I'm messed up. I got these demons. I'm I'm warring, right? So the question I always pose when I hear somebody say they're fighting their demons, I always ask, when you say fighting, what do you mean by fighting? Because once again, I'm not here to try to, you know, belittle any type of religion. But what I'm here to say is reading words from a book is not fighting any demon. You know, you understand what I mean? So like I'm always yeah. from the standpoint of like like even uh, a heavy church, you know, saying is we don't we don't wage in we 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 battle in in the, in the spirit. But what does that mean? Like, what does that actually mean? Like, what are you actually doing to go against these things? Mm. Like, are you mm. surrounding yourself around sober people? If if you know addiction is your thing, are you right. attending counseling? Are you making, you know? places where you can't be around those things because you know church also teaches you about deliverance which i i actually hate that particular word right like when it comes mm. to deliverance i like to put the word active in front of it your deliverance is will only be something that happens if it's active you actively have to be you know doing it that's why if you ever know anybody who's mm. in like the aa thing they could be sober for 30 years. When they attend a meeting, they'll say, blah, blah, blah. My name is, an, I'm an alcoholic. I have my 30-year mm. chip, which means they haven't taken, you know, a drink in 30 years. But they acknowledge that is an everyday thing that they have to do to stay that way. But in, you know, Christianity and a lot of religions, we profess and then it's over, which is trash. That's not true. Mm. If you don't actively, you know, go towards something and work toward it every <laughs> single day, even in marriage, you don't say I do and then it's over. It's active. You got to you got to say mm. I do every single day or that marriage ain't going to work. It's the same thing with your deliverance. It's the same thing with everything. But for some reason, we have this this notion that all we have to do is say it, not work at it give it to God or give it to our higher being. And then that's it. Mm. And it's like, what world mm. does that work in? It, it works in the world, in the consciousness of a slave uh. mentality, a defeated, a defeated people, people who are wishing, they have wishful thinking, they have magical thinking because they feel powerless to change their circumstances, uh. which is where we get a lot of the Negro spirituals from. Now, even though in some instances we have a rich history where we're using our songs to sing yes. codes about yes. how to get to, from yep. one place to another place, right? Um, however, even the spaces we're escaping to is still within the confines of <laughs> the prison camp. The whole country is the, is yep. the prison camp. You feel me? 
And so it's like, it's, these are attenuated victories. (laughs) They're not not real victories. They're imaginary. They're emotional. They have more to do with um, a a cathartic psychical release that that often not doesn't translate or manifest itself materially, which is why our people were so spiritual. We have so much soul. You know what I mean? There are pros and cons to those designations because if if all you if you're only proficient in the soul mm. space, but you don't have any incarnational value, you're a yep. ghost. You're not seen. You're not. There's nothing tangible. Now, that's not to negate the immaterial import of our people. Because even in my introduction, I'm always talking about let's capitalize on that immaterial capital. Let's go. Okay, let's go ahead and do that. But the capitalization that I'm speaking of in terms of that immaterial import and ingenuity is the incarnational value. It's got to become flesh. Okay, to use a biblical reference. The word has to yep, become flesh. Has to. The words you or, say, or, or it's not, um, or it's your, nothing. your intention, it doesn't mean, mm, I'm still trying to maintain the integrity of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I haven't cursed yet in almost 22 episodes. I haven't done it. But you, you feel me? That's translated. Now, when we're talking about music and the politics of religion, and we're talking about a medium, right, that can bypass your cognitive facility okay it music it penetrates you and without any regard for whatever psychological um uh i guess security for lack of a better term or firewalls that we may have to maintain the integrity of our internal constitutions. So it, it bypasses your cognition, in other words. It gets right mm-hmm. to your subconscious, right? And so this music, like I've, I think I've read or heard a lecture where certain frequencies can elicit certain emotive manifestations, mm-hmm. right? It gets you, like you said, it'll impact yep. your mood, right? Now, that's already powerful in and of itself. I'm talking about just yep. sounds, yep. no words yet, right? Sounds are doing this to you, right? Now, you add words, right? And now the sounds are carrying the words in a way that's bypassing your cognitive, your cognitive facility to um, yep. decipher and to deconstruct what's being communicated and you just accept it yep. automatically on a subconscious level without even realizing that you're being shaped towards a certain behavioral orientation percent and it goes even deeper than that like the mind is so powerful that you know there's some people that'll, that'll say oh i don't even listen to the words you don't even realize that you're taking it in you don't even realize that mm. although you don't think that you're processing the words your mind is I, I'll never forget back in the day. Um, had to be when when Fifty's album came out, Twenty One Questions. I was in this party, and you know everything was good. And then you know it was playing like old school hip hop, but not nothing crazy. Mm. The mood was good. Then all of a sudden, the Fifty came on, and I, I remember many mm. men came on, and then and then mm. Annie Up came on, and when Annie Up came on, the mood changed. 
now the people who were to the, my right and left look like, you know, they look like um, people that I should be concerned about. Right. And I got on guard. Mm. Then I started looking at them. There was like, there was enemies. I'll never forget. This it was a shorty in the party and she ran to the DJ was like, put on Soka right now. Now, mind you, the same guy who the tension was a little strong. Like if, if we looked at each other too much longer, it might've been a problem. Now he put on Caribbean music and all of a sudden now he's helping me while I'm getting a dance. You understand what I mean? Just literally in the space of five minutes. That's when I knew I said, okay, this music thing ain't no joke. It's no the power. joke. Oh. It's a power. It's, it's, um, again, it's, it's, it's indoctrination. It's programming. It's propaganda. It, it comes in the form of lighthearted entertainment. And I know a lot of people, they feel like they, they kind of have this um, parallel understanding with the level of pathology that they expose themselves to and their level mm-hmm. of maturity. Oh, I can handle this uh, because I'm an adult. It's like, yo, your fan. Wait, hold on. Time out, time out, time out. That, that, like, th- there are some messages that are as um, destructive as, um, like, people yeah. say illicit drugs, yeah. like hard drugs. There are some messages that are on par with mm-hmm. heroin. You feel me? And, but but because we don't we don't make that connection, we feel like oh man, I can handle it. Well, even with substances, let's deal with that too. And you know, just for the metaphor's sake, oh you I can you can't maintain your liquor or you can't maintain your high. Like it's something about I don't uh, inverted yeah. maturity mm-hmm. in our community that even with males. Your rite of passage is at 21 to have yep. a substance. Yep. You're a man. Like, yep. w- 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 what? <laughs> so, so then in the same way, is this music thing, and there are these messages that we think uh, I'm not being impacted, like you said, but because you're not breaking apart or decoding the message in your cognitive mind, and you mentioned left and right of the room when you when you said that that triggered in me um my understanding about the left and right yep. hemispheres of the brain and you know that left being that logical side that that right being that kind of creative and um ingenuity side and that's the side that a lot of times the negativity gets feed fed into so that okay going back to artists like dmx while he's while the backdrop of what he's sketching about is negative he 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 sketches it so beautifully <laughs> like you give him a pass for the ugly <laughs> for the ugly message you you know so you know so funny i don't Go even ahead. know if it's that you just give him a pass i think the mm-hmm. reason why so many people really relate to it is cuz he gets to speak about what they have to keep silent because the, the, the reality is mm. the only way anything resonates with you is likeness has to occur. So this man's demons were mm. on display. We have learned mm. to pack our demons so far down that it's actually a breath of fresh air to see somebody else do it publicly. You understand what I mean? It's like, Oh man, you mm. almost kind of wish 
that you had that power to do that. But to see him do it, and God forbid he says something that you're struggling with, oh, he's just now gained a fan for life. Because he's yes. air, he's airing it out for you. Um, and that's funny because I've had conversations where um, it was said that when the brain doesn't have any value judgments necessarily. So um, when you when you look at something or you're exposed to something, your mind interprets it uh, as if you did it. That makes a lot of sense. And what happens is, yeah, there's a fold that, you know, they say wrinkles in the brain. So what happens is that um, that projected experience that you resonate with in another gets locked into your code of behavior neurologically. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself in similar circumstances, you will pull so from that. I have a question then. That's why, the, that's why a lot of people the, will be then like, that just literally had, I have oh, a question. Ahead. So if that's the case, would you say that the person's either success or demise can cause other people's success and demise as well? If, if I'm looking at you because... You know, it's almost like I experienced it. Am I waiting for you to overcome it so I can overcome it? Um, yeah, sometimes Ooh. there's that unhealthy symbiotic relationship where, you know how they say you are what you eat? Well, in that instance, you are what you see, which is why when we said last time, images are incredibly mm-hmm. important because images like music, they bypass the cognitive decoding mechanism we have internally and get right to the subconscious because a a lot of times what happens is you know how they say a picture is worth a thousand words it's for that very reason like could you think about the images it's a shortcut like if i had to sit down and use words to negotiate something as legitimate with you you know how much pushback i would get if i tried to meet you like head on like that but if I just showed That's you a it. picture and that picture and that picture just says yep. no words alone need to be by explained. itself and it it normalizes, oh, okay, this is just what it is, because yep. here it is, it's a picture, it's a manifestation, and it's like that, my friend, is like one of the most powerful ways that many in our community are seduced by hypnotic mm. suggestion. You know what I'm saying? Because when we, um, again, just to bring it back, talking about the politics of religion, you got to talk about the brain hack. You got to talk about hypnosis. Yeah. You have to, because that's what's happening every Sunday. I'll never forget. Um, I grew up in church. And so every Sunday, there was a, there was a logical flow yeah. of the service, right? And the logical flow right, was in step with different emotional points and benchmarks that you needed your audience to traverse so that you could climax <laughs> ultimately um, to the to the time no. of giving, okay? But you can't just hit people over the head like, hey, you'll run your money because like, are you robbing me? You no, no, no. You have first. to make this thing, you got to make it palatable. It's got to be nice. You got to take them through an experience. It's got to be ecstatic. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? And it's bi- here's the crazy part. There's biblical precedent for it. There's a prophet. Um, I think it was. Was it Elijah? I think it was Elijah or Elisha. 
And he would not prophesy until he said, send for me a minstrel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay? So, so, so it's like, here's that music again. I, give me music, right? Because I'm about to prophesy, but I need the audience <laughs> it, it, to be a tool. You know why it's so funny softened. that you say that? I've actually been in churches yeah. where um, the prophet or whatever was speaking, and he'd be like, I need soft music right now. I, I I'm not I can't even make this up. Like he's like, no, no, you have to you have to play like this. This is how I flow. And you know me. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh boy. So this is just and then I've heard yeah. people like you know the ministers afterwards explain it, like, no, you gotta understand there's a flow. And I'm like, no, I don't I don't I don't understand, but okay. But yeah, I've 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 witnessed this. Like it's it's not magical, it's methodical. It's uh, it's manipulation. Um that that like we just talked about the power of music and we just talked about music and in your example in a party music can uh, make you aggressive or music can make you yeah that's susceptible it don't it it'll make you just hey yeah come on in everything's fine and you're wide open it is at that point whoever is in control of the moment can put anything or into. download anything yeah. into your program. And then when the time comes after the download has been solidified, I have trigger points in you that I know about that you don't know about because you don't know that you've been programmed and hacked into. You don't know it. You thought you just had a good experience because of the euphoria again that accompanies the hypnosis. So now you got pleasure um, kind of conflated with uh, mm. your pathology, right? It feels good. It is good. Not necessarily. Most substances that get us out of our minds make us feel yeah. nice. Another scripture, and then I'll leave it alone in terms of just quoting scripture because this ain't <laughs> no Bible podcast. Um, but all my life, I've heard, uh, uh, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. You know what I'm saying? No, or let the words of my heart. mouth and the meditation of my heart. We'd say it was yeah. a mantra, right? And it was a mantra, check this out, that allowed for the, uh, the, the interjection of an alien consciousness. This consciousness wasn't mine. You, it, this consciousness came from a community who believed that if we let Jesus in, yeah. everything would be fine. We don't do work, like you said, we don't put forth effort. Check this out. We don't set transcendent yeah. goals. Right. We don't make plans. We don't have benchmarks that can elucidate to us uh, the progress that's being made towards a set goal. We say, let this alien consciousness get in your mind and your body and allow the alien consciousness to do for you what you can never do for yourself. And, and even worse, if it doesn't happen, it's because the alien consciousness didn't want it to happen. So that's what you that's when you get words like season uh, and, and uh, it's it's uh, not your season. It's like and, and we're okay with that. We are okay with hearing that it is not our season. 
I, I'm gonna tell you for for me, <laughs> you and like I said, I, I'll say one scripture and I'll leave that alone too. I'll never forget, even even as a young child, the one thing that never like never sat well with me was that scripture that says the wealth of the of, of the wicked is laid up. And it never sat well mm. with me because I'm like, well, where is it laid up at? Because like you, you would hear stuff like, all right, like let's talk about Donald Trump for a quick second. So he would be what we consider the epitome of what modern day evil is, right? So we'd be like, okay, so but he's rich, he has the power, he has everything. And then when I when I would question, well, how come it appears that he's blessed? And then I would hear this, well, you have breath in your body, right? You have. I'm like, well, so does he. So, 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 so does he. He has breath as well. So how come I can't get what he has? If that wealth is, uh, you know, allegedly supposed to be laid up for me, where is it? There are two things going on with that. The first thing is the 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 wealth of the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. That gives intruders license and, and, and divine sanction to go into other spaces and rob people because they're wicked. See, and that's the seduction and the hypnosis and the prescriptive um, injunction of words. Once I put a label on you, it's going to uh, tell me how to treat you. Okay? And, that, and I was having this conversation with my boy yesterday. Um, and we, we were talking about something else. I won't get into it here, but the, the gist of it is he tried to put a label okay. on me because he's trying to understand me. I said, now, bro, I know the limits of language and the shorthand of human experience. You would like to put a label on me because that would allow you to better manage me. I said, OK, there are some characteristics about me that um, are commensurate with that label, but gotcha. I'm way more than the label. You feel me? And so what happens is in a lot of religious spaces, we are the label. politics of it is we love, yeah. listen, we need labels to make sense in our world. And so we can't deal with the complex nuances that is actually um, on par with what human yeah. experience is really like. You know, because we don't like gray. Black, we need ahead. black, we need white. We need hot, yeah. we need we need extremes. And and like an extreme people is a dominated uh, people. And, and, and that's why we can't we can't turn the corner. Because we don't we don't have um the uh the facility of nuance in the political space. Now we have nuance uh, yeah, in yeah, the creative yeah, yeah. space because in the creative space we get distracted. From what needs to be accomplished material, materially, politically, and economically. That's why they celebrate our celebrities mm -hmm. in this system. That's why they give a platform and a, a pedestalization to these entertainers. Because there is an investment in our group remaining distracted. So, okay. It's okay for me to give you a couple of million over here. Because in the, the broader frame, and the bigger picture of things... You're assisting me in, in maintaining your people group. Yikes. You don't even know it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's, there's that side to, you know, uh, 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 <laughs> don't you have breath in your body, right? And the wealth of the wicked. And then the second side to that is this, the concessions that we have to make mentally 
so that we can remain in fellowship with what we have adopted as moral, correct, right, and true. Because we are afraid, like you said in the podcast prior, to Ah, really shake our foundation. Is what you just said right there? And I think we said this in the prior podcast as well. The responsibility when something is negative always goes back on you, right? So I I, I never forget hearing my old mm-hmm. pastor say, because we because I asked him this about you know the whole wealth of the wicked, and he said, well you know it's stored up for the righteous, so you have to ask yourself. So once again, it's always if I'm not receiving something, well now I got to search myself to see well maybe I'm not righteous or righteous enough, and that's why it's not happening. You know what? The church is bad. The church is wrong. It always goes back to responsibility. Only when it's negative. Only when it's negative. Right. You know what that that does to you as an individual, as as a group? It postures you to live from a position of ongoing deficit. Always. You're always lacking something. You know, you're always bereft of something. It keeps you chasing. Like like you've never arrived. When I believe the reality is life is supposed to be an amalgamation of a bunch of different goals. So I don't even like that idea of Mm. you're not supposed to arrive. Yes, you are. You're supposed to have one goal. Get to that goal. You have arrived. Now you're on your way to the next goal. But we've always been taught that you're always you're always traveling, you're traveling and your goal is at the end. I don't believe that. It's supposed to be a bunch of little goals. That's what life is supposed to be. I've arrived here and now I'm trying to arrive there. But don't tell me you're just traveling and I, my goal is at the very end. No, 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 no. I, that's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you because then what also happens, in addition to what you said, is our group starts to yeah. fetishize yeah. struggle. And then you say, you're not unless real you're unless you have a struggle. Like, wait, wait, wait. Yo. Time out, time out. Time out. Time out. You, you've just unless stepped into in something that you don't even understand. I, I have had connections <laughs> really to get people certain jobs before because of my, you know, my complexion. I, I won't, I won't lie. I'm, I might have sure. been a diversity hire. It is what it is. I'll take it. But, and I've literally been told by several people that I tried to put on. I want to get in the right way. And I'm like, what? What, you, what? So like you want to have the doors closing your face a bunch of time. And at least for you to feel like you got it on merit. The owner of this company didn't get it on merit. <laughs> like That's his so father fact. gave him this. Like, so like it, it, it goes back to the whole struggle thing. We don't believe that it's legit unless we struggle. And that also comes back from the mindset of which we think from, because nobody else thinks of that. Nepotism was normal in the European, you know, community. Like that's why if you think about the Royal family, the way it first started, it was never intended for outsiders. Like this guy just passed away yesterday. Mm. Um, the, the, the queen of England's husband, that's her third cousin. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, Factual mm. stuff. I'm, I'm not making this mm. up. They'd, they'd rather marry with Understood. men than to give anybody the power outside. Anytime right. outside happened, look right. what happened. The first one that was married outside, she magically died in a tunnel somewhere. <laughs> this one, uh, Meghan Dang. Markle, 
she they're no longer part. Outsiders are not welcome. <laughs> then 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 not so mm. it, I, when i think about it and i'm like i'm asking these people like so you don't want me to just give you like you know give you the heads up like nah i want to get like where does this mentality come from it's it's an inverted moral uh paradigm and the, the reason why i say it's inverted again is because like you said criminals oh broke every rule <laughs> imaginable, founded this country and then created rules to rule the rule. Now, they're going to they be outside of the rules at all times. But then they're going to tell you, you'd be a moral <laughs> person if you just follow the rules. If you pull yourself up by your own bush, if you work hard and practice thrift and save your money, who knows? 50 years from now, and it sounds just yeah. like that scene from Coming to America. Right now, I'm watching lettuce. <laughs> like, no. no I don't want to watch lettuce. I don't want to work for you in your field. You know what I mean? Because the land and the field I'm yep, working yep, in is stolen yep, yep. property, my guy. And and me helping to maintain these stolen goods, I now become, you know, uh, uh, aiding and abetting in this situation in the agency of your criminal enterprise. But you'll use moral suasion to get me to do a, a moral kind of uh, 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 kind of a thing. And it's just like I don't I don't understand it. It is also because we're low key when you imbibe the the moral system of the the Eurasian, the European, the Caucasian, the white man politically, however you want to say it, you're still looking yep. for white affirmation. Yep. And if I and if I allegedly quote unquote give you the job, you didn't deserve it. You only deserve it if the face behind giving it to you is is lighter than mine. <laughs> right. And you and you and yeah. you satisfy their requisites yeah. to get it, but you know for them to have generational wealth the way that they have it, for them to have a dynasty the way that yeah, they have yeah, it, yeah. who do you think they killed yeah. and who do you think they robbed from? Like, this is to a get normal it? occurrence. It's and just after it just makes it, me you know? laugh. I think about it all yeah. the time, and like when I hear people say, "I want to do it, I want to get it out the mud," I'm like, "What? Do you, like why? Like this this idea of working hard." We're the only people that have to work hard like that. They don't. That's, they don't work hard. Slaves. They never had to. Slaves. I was thinking about because I'm reading. Um, I'm reading this book now. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, it's called uh, Entrepreneurship and Self Help Among Black Americans: A Reconsideration of Race and Economics. It's by John Sibley Butler, and uh, he's got this section where he's. He's, he's got like maybe three, four, five pages of all these different patents that African-Americans had, you know, been responsible for. And then he's speaking about even the uh, business acumen prior to slavery mm -hmm. and even during slavery at some point of black people to, to, to the point where there were even some black people who were I in the slave it. trade. I believe like, it. They were making money. We was I making money it. in any space, right? We were finding ways to make, to get this bread, right? Um, all that to say um, that there was always this understanding that the the old African proverb, if 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 you if you want to go fast, you go yeah. alone. If you want to go far, you go together. 
You feel what I'm saying? And it's like, I don't know why we don't practice. This is what the white people, they took that from Africans, number one. <laughs> like, working together, that whole nepotism in a pejorative it sense, it's really just a dynasty. It's, 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 it's an inversion group. of a dynasty. It's, it's called you have people families people who are looking yeah. out. Yeah. Right, the, 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 right, right. Group economics, collectivism, all of the above. It's people working together, and they don't want to let outsiders in because they already know these insiders yeah. have yeah. already been mm-hmm. uh, enculturated and socialized a certain way. I don't have to want to teach I got to start from ABC rudimentary for, for a stranger. Now nah, you already know. You already got the, the spirit of how we do things. Yeah. You're gonna this, get it. this is this why I don't even have, you know, like sometimes I read comments on social media. If I read a comment from somebody, you know, who's, who's white and they come across with that whole all live stuff, I don't even reply to them. I, I don't have the mental space to go back and forth with a person like that. Mm. Because you're essentially using the word reverse racism, which I don't even understand what that is. That's not a thing. Let's, let's just start there. That's not even a thing. <laughs> or the all lives matter thing. It's, it's fascinating to me. It, when I tell you it's, fa- it's fascinating to me mm. that the moment you try to have pride in, in your own self-interest, now you want to become French and say we. We need to come together. That's hilarious. And, and I would have <laughs> used a different F word than fascinating. Bless you, sir. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it, it's that pseudo-moralism again. It's that false morality. It's, it's a morality that tries to subjugate the development of um, pride in your group. You know what I'm saying? I, I need to sabotage that and say, no, it's yeah. immoral for you to only yeah. focus on you. You know, uh, is it isn't is yes. it what you aren't you acting like hey. us now by only preferring uh, your group and like a lot of people are yo, not I literally see, see people saying we'll, we'll be no better than them. I just I, I delete them when I read that. I'm like I'm I'm not doing this. <laughs> oh my! I'm not god. doing this with you guys. <laughs> oh my god! And, and again, why uh, are they the benchmark? Why that's are the they the litmus? And, and the thing is, for, it's the benchmark around the and world. It ain't even just like the states. The entire world. They are the benchmark. Yeah. White world supremacy. Worldwide. Worldwide white supremacy. Oh, that's the uh, WW. Worldwide, worldwide white, white supremacy. Like com. <laughs> yes. That, yes. <laughs> Everywhere.org. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, because they found a way to um, the other side to that book that I had mentioned was to work smarter, not harder. How do I get other people to do for me what I need to do for myself and to get them to believe that doing for me is doing for them? The only way to do that is I got to circumvent their um, internal faculties and facilities and I got to interject my spirit into them, which is why uh, music, uh, information, images, all of the above, these messages, these are spiritual things that are occurring. I said to another friend this week, and I probably got to come up for a landing soon, is what's powerful about words yeah. is that words are symbols. Words are man-made symbols, but they're agreed upon symbols depending on your linguistic context um, that will give rise to the immaterial aspect mm-hmm. per your thoughts to other people. 
you know, because we don't talk to each other like with our minds, you know, we don't know how to do that. So we use these words to kind of convey um, the spirit of what's going on inside of a person. So that's why um, when I'm talking about this being a spiritual exchange, I'm not talking about in the spooky religious Christian sense where, you know, oh my God, there, there's a demon that, you know, that the house got swept out and now he brought on seven more because guess what? I didn't invite another spirit, i.e. the father and the son to come sup with me in my heart. Like they don't even, a lot of people in the religious space, especially black Christians, they don't even see that there's a continuum between uh, demonology, right? Being possessed and uh, Yo, salvation listen, being filled let me, let me with the tell you spirit something. of God. It's, it's the quick. same thing. I'll never forget when I was younger, I, one of the dudes that lived on my block, my mother, you know, was trying to, you know, minister to him. So she had him come to the church. You know, I come from the apostolic Pentecostal background. So you already know what was going on in my church. He looked oh, yeah. terrified. I'll never forget. His name is Adrian. He looked terrified. So later on when I saw Adrian, I'm like, yo, what's up? He's like, yo, like, I didn't know people like get possessed like that. And that was the first time that I had even saw it like that. Because, you know, growing up in it, it was normal to me. I didn't look at it like he was like, you're not. He said, yo, they look like right. zombies. Right. And it was the first time I said I was able yeah. to see it from somebody else's lens. And I said, ain't no different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's all yeah. in the same matrix of behavior. But the thing is, it's, it's Genesis in, is in human imagination okay it's not an ethereal otherworldly external no what it is is it's a psychological outward projection that it's a mind trick we do to ourselves so like you said it you keep saying so we don't have to take responsibility for the moves that we make um or or so we don't have to feel guilty the worst responsible one way or the other is that response Mm -hmm. right or you have the Damn, I really got to come in. Yeah, yeah. You have the pseudo humility. We got to deal with this real quick. Where like you have church people say, oh, 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 to God be all the glory for what? Yeah. It's like, yo, bro, like, yeah. you did that. Pat you, yourself you know that. You, you did that. But you, right, right, right. But, but, but because you have this false humility thing going on and it's uh-huh. really an inversion of ego, you have to say somebody else did it, right? But you know it came out of your own imagination, out of your own heart, and out of your own spirit or consciousness, right. suke, psychology, or soul. Um, it's nonsense. Anyway, man, got to come before, man. These conversations can go on forever. We can't allow it because actually this damn app won't even let us do that. They, they cap us off at about 55, 60 minutes. But anyway, um, it's not about just parsing out the problem. It's always about shining the light on members who are doing an incredible work in your community here locally in Hampton Roads. Hampton Roses Regional Black Chamber of Commerce, Black Brand, blackbrand.biz. If you are industrious, endeavor to be industrious, entrepreneurial, endeavor to be entrepreneurial, you need to link yourself with a network and a nexus of like-minded individuals who have your overall economic well-being, both in head and in heart, Black Brand, blackbrand.biz, 150-year economic plan in the making exclusively for Black people. That's it. Love, Peace, and Confrontation podcast signing off and Love, Peace, and Confrontation. Black men, I love you. Black women, I love you. Black babies, I love you. What will we tell our sons? Let's get out here. Be the light. Recognize that you are the solution. Uh, understand that you're the answer to every prayer that you ever prayed. Uh, ultimately, you are the gods that you seek. 
all religions be damned. If it doesn't serve you, you should not serve it's it. Always, always Sir, a pleasure. Closing remarks. I'm chopping it up with you. Always a pleasure, man. Black people, um, do something that's going to make the future proud. Don't be a fraud. Keep your head on a swivel. And until next time, signing off in love, peace, and confrontation.